0: Welcome to the Pool Nation Podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host, with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation live podcast with myself, your host, Edgar De Jesus. And yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John JJ Flawless, the fastest knitter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy Nicholas. Guys and girls, every month we have the pleasure of having Bob Lowry join us on our podcast to answer questions that are sent from you pool pros out there. And this week is that week. So a big welcome to Bob. For those of you that know Bob, you know he's a legend in our industry. For those of you that are new into the industry, Bob has written 21 books on pool water chemistry, and even the manuals that IPSA uses were written by Bob. He is also the founder of the Pool Chemical Training Institute. You can visit his site at PCTI.online, and we will talk about that in today's podcast podcast. I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about nanning and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, and the Poolman We want to thank them for their continued support. Zach, good morning.
2: Morning, Pool Nation. Happy Friday. So I have to start off and uh, give a shout out to my wife, Leslie, and wish her a happy anniversary and tell oh. her thank you for putting up with me all these years and being such a good mother to our children. And I'm super excited to see what adventures we still have ahead of us.
1: So your anniversary is today?
2: Today. Wow,
1: Pretty how cool. many years?
2: Six years.
1: Six years. Congratulations, right. bro. You kind of kept that quiet. John, did you notice how he kept it quiet off? Up from
3: us? I did. I did. I did. Wow! I'm, yeah. I'm thrown back a little bit right now, actually.
1: I am too. I'm actually kind of a little shocked
3: over here on this side. Well, you know, because I'm just trying to think about. I thought it was my job to do the cupcaking.
2: No, you got. I got a cupcake every once in a while. So, oh, so oh my God. So
3: no, seriously though, all. 6 years man that's um that's quite the accomplishment I'm not saying that it's a i mean I, i'm going on 20 with mama and that is definitely an accomplishment for 20 years but you know if you, if you can survive with somebody for at least 5 years in my opinion it's it's built to last forever so congratulations you guys are awesome you guys have built a wonderful a wonderful thing and um you guys are great people i can't wait to actually meet you guys in person but I feel like I've known you forever. Uh, we couldn't want or hope anything but great things for you guys. So keep doing what you're doing, brother. Congrats. Appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, Zach, congratulations. Very, cool. very, very yeah. cool. I still don't know, John, how I feel that he kind of kept that from us. But you yeah, know, kind of thought that I knew everything yeah. about Zach. And he's just kind of hiding stuff from us like this. It just, I don't know. I kind of feel like a little hurt. I don't know. Maybe, well, I'm, maybe I'm being a little girly. I don't know.
3: But. I think it's a little gun-shy because he saw what happened to me yesterday, I'm sure. Yeah. As soon as soon That's what I think what happened. And I don't blame him. You know, this is my good morning. I'm usually, I'm doing the cupcaking for mama, but this, not that happy with her that she kind of let the cat out of bag yesterday. You know, I had a, so I'm I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be cupcaking today to you, mama. I'm sorry. But, um, Ooh. Yeah. See, it's the flip side here. Yeah, you know, the flip uh, side. Serious. You know, if if I was just if I was turning twenty one, I'd be like, yeah, I'm twenty one. Life is good. You know, but once you hit that, once you start getting a little bit older, uh, it doesn't. It just doesn't quite have that effect anymore. And apparently, everybody's telling me that I'm over the hill now. And I woke up just a little bit depressed today. So I don't know who
1: uh, would. Went- I don't know who would say that to you, and if anybody tells you, or or I hear that they're telling you that you're over the hill, I'm going to have a problem with that. So whoever's out there listening that says that to to (laughs) to my boy, face it, we're we're going to square off. So yes, Zach, congratulations, Bob. Good morning. Well,
4: congratulations. You know, I I was asked uh, not too long ago about how many years I was married, and I said, well, 43. My wife Sylvia said. We've only been married ten years, and I said, "Yeah, but I was married thirty-three years to the other woman." <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Tell me you slept on the sofa that night. <laughs>
3: That's Bob.
4: So, um, So, anyway, I'm not so sure that was a wise comment, but <laughs> he did ask how many years I was married, and and truthfully, it was that you know. Thirty-three
1: and ten. So that's that's the analytical Bob, right? How long have you been married? Yeah, you know, forty-three years. Yeah. Thirty-three and ten. <laughs> 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 and I see and I see myself grabbing the pillow and just kind of going, it it's okay. I get it. Don't say it. I'm headed to the couch. I'll see ya. <laughs> so amazing. So guys. I have a couple of shout outs today before we get started here, and the, the first shout out that I want to go and give is to Thursday Pools they reached out and John, they're a fiberglass pool manufacturer, and we just happened to connect and be talking online and stuff like that, and they were saying the same thing I was trying to trying to figure out how they're doing on their side of the industry with you know all the supplies and. Yeah. And the logistics and stuff like that. And they said, you know, we were fortunate that we got a lot of the materials. We we're able to, you know, to make all these fiberglass pools. But the problem that they're having is just like every, everywhere else. The pool builders just can't get them in, you know, fast enough. So anyways, love talking to you guys, Thursday pools, manufacturers of the fiberglass pools. Always love that. The other one goes out to Michelle from Shell's Pool and Spa Service, and she's out in Southern California. So she's a fellow pool pro and listener. So, Michelle, welcome to the Nation of the Pooh Pros. And Bob, she says she loves our podcast, and especially the episode when Bob is out, is on. Sorry. So, big shout out to you, but she loves your episodes, Bob. Oh, okay. Hopefully, she's listening this morning. If you are, Michelle, shout out to you. If not, you'll catch us on the replay. I want to say happy birthday to John. It was his 40th birthday yesterday, and Mama, as, as you know, let the cat out of the bag. John, I I hope that you had a great birthday and I want to thank you for your friendship and and your dedication to helping our industry. You truly are one of the most unselfish people that I know. You're always helping guys and girls out there and you never say no. So, again, happy birthday, John. I hope you had a a great one. I do have Uh, to tell you, my messages just went completely insane yesterday. I think more than any episode that we've had, any post that we've had, people were just like commenting and tagging and forwarding it was hilarious
3: oh my god all day my phone was just blowing up with dms and messages and comments and you know i want to take some time to to thank everybody who who said some really kind words online it's awesome it really is so i appreciate it and you know it's like it's crazy there's so many people i mean i know and i've met quite a few of the people i speak to but there's so many that i know and i know so well we've built friendships over the years and I've never even seen them in person before. Like they all feel like friends and family out there. And for everybody who said something very nice to us yesterday, I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, it felt pretty good to, to hear those things. So thank you.
1: I do have one question for you, John. Oh, so I got a couple of DMS on Instagram yesterday from your customers wanting to wish you happy birthday. And I oh, have one. In- Yes. Believe it or not, from your customers. So they must Uh either follow your page or follow mama's page. But I'm Uh not kidding you. I got a couple messages from your customers. And I had one in particular that would just not let it go. Okay. I'm not kidding, John. She messaged me about five times. She said she would try to listen to the podcast and call in today. So my you're question, my you're question, my question to you is, is what's going on with that one customer that is just not letting loose? It sounds like she's got a crush on you. Oh, my God. Now, now
3: you're getting me in trouble.
1: Uh. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not getting you in trouble. I just kind of want to get to the bottom of it. Mama, if you I, Mama's here on the Insta chat. can you shed any light into
3: that? Look, this is all news to me here. Uh-oh. I got to be more careful now with what I post if I got followers. Usually my clients don't follow. They're more of the older type who mm-hmm. who are very well established and, mm-hmm. you know, could care less about Instagram or Facebook or anything like that because they're off enjoying enjoying their retired life.
1: I, I doubt that, John, because even Mama on here is saying that you have a girlfriend. Uh oh. And and Zach is on the Insta chat saying spill the tea. So I, I have a I have a feeling that there's more to this story than you're trying to, you know, share with us. Oh my god. So I think you need to you you need to spill the tea. What's
3: going on? Bob, I, I need you to jump in here. I'm being ambushed here. <laughs> I wasn't
1: <laughs> you know what me, my friend <laughs> You know what? Here, Bob, Bob. Do you want proof? Do you want proof, John? Yes. Do you want proof yes, of so. what I'm talking I, about? I do want, I do want proof. I you do want, you proof. do want proof. Okay. So listen to this because I'm not kidding. She messaged me about five times yesterday. And what she would do is she would just do the little voice recording instead of typing. And I downloaded this message. Oh and this is what she said on her message. Listen, listen to this guys. And I know she's a customer because listen to the end of, of the message. Listen to this.
0: Oh my God. This birthday song goes out to our John, the sexiest one on the Pool Nation crew.
4: Happy
2: birthday to <laughs> you. I, mean, I don't blush,
3: bro, but you're making me blush. Bro. Happy <laughs>
2: birthday <laughs> to you.
0: Oh Jesus! Happy birthday. Dear John, happy birthday (laughs) to
4: you. Holy moly.
1: Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Oh,
2: my God. Hey, John, birthday wishes aside. My pool heater is not working, and we are having a party tomorrow. So can you come out and take care of it today?
4: We would appreciate
2: it. Thanks. (laughs)
1: <laughs> now, sounds- so, so do you now, want to explain what so this is all about john would you
3: like oh, to explain it i'm i'm speechless right now um i'm sweating uh, yeah this is crazy <laughs> Holy! so do, well, you, do you
1: want to tell us who this customer is uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm having connection issues. Hold You're him. having connections issues. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay, ha- I'm
1: having connection issues. A connection oh, issues. So, crazy. listen, everybody listening. This is a, a joke that we were gonna that we are playing on on John. And and by the way, look at this. John, Mama is saying I'm crying over here. Oh my! Oh, I can't even say what she's saying on here. <laughs> she goes, "I had to pull over. I'm laughing so hard." So,
2: was that you, Edgar?
1: Just. For everybody to know, I got permission from Mama yesterday, John, to be able to do this, and I kind of ran it by her to make sure she was cool with it. So,
3: are you sure? Because I'm looking out the window right now, and I'm seeing all my all my stuff being thrown out through the front yard. Are you sure?
1: We we do know we do know that that you you do have somebody that has a crush on you, but we we won't get into that part, John. We'll kind of skip that whole part and and move on so um so you know what zach maybe it was a good idea that you didn't tell us it was your anniversary is that why you is that why you kind of keep stuff from us now
2: yeah you'll never hear anything (laughs) ever again
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh john i hope you enjoyed that that was just uh no that was good that was fun we we knew we wanted to have some fun with you so listen truly 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 from the bottom of our hearts happy happy birthday we we hope that you that you had a great one thank you my friend thank you my friend all right, Bob, let's do what we're here to do. Let's talk okay. about some, some water chemistry. And let me start here with a couple questions. Well, no, not a couple questions. Let's get a couple things out of the way. First of all, we, talk about, we talked about it on the Instagram Live, and we announced that Bob will be coming to the International Pool and Spa Show in Dallas. And we're going to have him at our booth each one of the days at a certain time for you guys to be able to come out and meet him. We are going to talk about all those details in about three weeks, maybe four weeks in the middle of June, and that's because all the class schedules and everything for the classes will be coming out, but we did want to announce that Bob will be coming to the show. He will be at our table for all of you guys out there that want to meet Bob, that want to just say hi or have questions or any of that we will announce the days and the times that we're going to have them there so bob we're super excited to do the same thing to be able to actually meet you in person cuz we've kind of done all these videos and all these podcasts and we've you know never met so guys keep listening we'll we'll drop the information soon bob first question for you is when is your next water chemistry class
4: probably going to be november there are classes that will be offered from the Pool Chemistry Training Institute by our certified instructors, but uh, I won't be giving one myself until, it could be October, but chances are it'll be November, and we're actually hoping to do it in conjunction with the show in Dallas, where we could do a live one there. And then uh, after that, we can do some virtual ones, maybe.
1: Okay, yeah, that'll be great. And yeah, we know that the guys get out there pretty busy during the summertime. Um,
4: Yeah, that's the reason that we didn't do it is most of the time from Memorial Day to Labor Day. You guys are so busy. you haven't got time to to uh, to attend a class, even if it is on Saturday. So the PCTI website will have uh, all the classes listed on it. And there is actually one this Saturday. Uh, that rob stewart is giving and then on june the 22nd he's giving another virtual class so um, there are a couple of instructors doing some classes but i won't be giving one till probably november
1: okay yeah and we're seeing the same thing so we actually announced one for the business training guys and that's going to be on june 26 and we weren't going to do one because everybody's kind of getting busy but we do have a couple people that have rescheduled Because of conflict, so we kind of nailed down the date for June 26. So we have three spots that are already taken. We only take 10 people because it requires you to actually do some homework and you have to get all your numbers ready so that you can get those numbers into the software. So if you have any questions with regards to ours, go to poolnation.online and you can get the details there and that you can register. And that's for the business training, the one that gives you all of your numbers. So, Bob, let's start with the first question. And this one I got late last night. And this one is from Arch Pool and Spa out in Southern California. And I think he's listening. So big shout out to you, bud. He said, hey, man, Miss Wednesday's live, but you covered a bit with Bob. And I would love if you can touch base on copper and pool again. My question is, does using a product like See You Later work on pools with copper plumbing in Southern California and other older pool still running copper lines, suction and return, or where pool customers refuse to replace heaters and likely coils are putting off metals. Heck, I even have a guy who refuses to stop using a salt system, but has copper suction and return lines in his, in his pools and the walls are all covered in copper turquoise. Would see you later or another metal remover work? Or is this a losing battle? Because it's coming right back.
4: Yeah. Chances are it's a losing battle because you've got a, a continuing source of copper, and uh either through water velocity or uh, corrosion uh you've got metal ions getting in the pool and even, and in the beginning uh, when you first get some metal in the pool, it's invisible because it's dissolved uh, but what happens is There is what's called a saturation point, and every chemical has a saturation point that can be in the pool, and, you know, that's where we get scale forming because uh, we reach a saturation point, and then scale comes out of the water. Same thing happens with copper and iron. When together, copper and iron reach a level of 0.4 parts per million, you can start to get copper staining, and copper usually combines with sulfate. It can combine with hydroxide and carbonate, but most of the time sulfate is is pretty uh, pretty available in the pool, so it precipitates as calcium uh, sulfate, which is kind of a uh, a turquoise or a blue green color, and um, uh, it's any level above zero point four parts per million. So you can reduce uh, the level in the water, which will in turn allow some calcium staining on the wall to come back out. Um, So you can actually remove a stain by removing some copper from the water. But um, if you've got a continuing source of copper, like copper plumbing, or a copper heater header, Uh, It's just going to keep doing it. Um, There is one possibility that you can do, and that is to actually run a positive saturation index, uh, say plus three or plus, I'm sorry, plus 0.3 or plus 0.4 to actually get some calcium to deposit on the copper plumbing. And then it acts as kind of a membrane or protective layer so the copper doesn't dissolve anymore. So you can uh, intentionally put some scale on the plumbing and then go back to to normal 0.0 saturation index, and you won't get very much more uh, copper in the water. So it is possible to do that. Um, Sequestering agents added continuously can help. But if you've got, you know, hundreds of feet or at least tens of feet of copper in the plumbing, uh, it would take quite a bit of sequestering agent to be, to cover that so you wouldn't have a problem. And then you probably are looking at oxidizing it with, with sunlight and, and oxidizers and chlorine anyway, so it keeps getting reduced, you have to keep replacing it, so um I think you just need to bite the bullet and get rid of the copper that's in there, or you're just going to continually have that problem.
1: I know that he always listens, Bob, because his next question was: "Lastly, how can I quit pools and be Bob's neighbor in Lima, Peru?" Well, <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, Bob, I, well, I, first I think of all, you have to, first of all, you have to find a pretty Peruvian woman. <laughs>
1: You, you gotta be able to do that. And if you listen to Bob's story, the best best way to do that, Bob, is how?
4: As, well, Playing a game on your <laughs> computer.
1: Right. That's how I
4: met my wife. So, Played, there you go. Playing so, a game on a computer.
1: So. so So the first thing that you need to do, Arch, is you need to start playing uh games on the computer in order to be able to do that.
4: But you have to be <laughs> careful. You could be playing with a with a troll in New York. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. I have a, another question, Bob. And this question is from one of our YouTube followers. And it was asked on the video called, Where are the flakes in my pool coming from? Ah. And he, has, he asked the following question So I have a variable speed pump. I actually keep it running at night at 1,000 RPMs. The salt generator doesn't work when the flow is at that speed. So the water is still flowing through but it's not working. So your suggestion to turn the salt generator off before the pump isn't helpful for me. I still get calcium flakes in the pool, even when we have the heater on. I did just change the reverse polarity from every five hours to three hours, but will that create more flakes?
4: Uh, probably smaller flakes. <laughs> um. The the flakes are without question calcium carbonate, and they they end up forming on the positive plate. I'm sorry, on the negative plate uh, in the chlorine generator, and it happens usually because the inside the cell uh, the cell gets warm when the water is flowing through the cell water is cooling the cell off, so it's not a problem. But uh, when the water stops, if the chlorine generator has been on and the water stops flowing, the water that's in the chlorine generator gets warm. It doesn't necessarily get hot, but it at least gets warm. And as we all know, the warmer the water, the more the calcium wants to come out. So we we get calcium forming. On the negative plate, and as soon as the polarity gets reversed, it kicks the it kicks the calcium carbonate off of the the negative plate. And there's no question that is what it's coming from. And how to reduce it is to either make sure that the chlorine generator is turned off before the water flow stops, and secondly, um, you may want to check the LSI and if you're slightly positive or even zero to slightly positive you may want to try actually running it at slightly negative at a at a minus .1 or a minus .2 which will prevent that from happening because then you don't have scale forming conditions at all you may be able you you possibly can have some flakes forming in the heater if the heater has been on and the same situation happens you get uh, flakes forming in the heater because the heater is not shutting off uh, when the water flow stops and so or the heater just shuts off when the water flow stops and you're actually boiling or heating the water pretty hot in the heater header and then you get some scale forming And then when you turn it back on, the scale comes off because of of erosion.
3: All right, Bob, I have two questions. Uh, One was sent uh, about TDS and the other one is for a bet that I have going on with a pool buddy of mine. (laughs) And I know you've talked about I know you talked about them, but you can't remember if it's on a podcast or an Instagram live. So the first question was. I remember you talking on an Instagram live or podcast about TDS, but could not remember which one. So I figured I would just ask, at what TDS level should I just drain the pool? Also, how does TDS affect the pool and water chemistry was the first question. All right.
4: Well, the the usual answer uh, for TDS, which stands for total dissolved solids, um, is measured with a meter and the meter is actually measuring conductivity, and then through an algorithm, it calculates uh, uh, conductivity into PPM of total dissolved solids. It's not always exactly accurate. If If you boiled away the water and measured the residue, you wouldn't come up with the same number of TDS as you do when you do it with a meter. But Nonetheless, we use the meters, and that's what's available, and it's easy to check. But the standard answer is that you do have some starting TDS in your water, and it's going to vary from part of the country to part of the country. In Florida, for instance, uh, they've got TDS at like you know 100, and then you get to some places in California where they've got a lot of calcium in the water to begin with, a lot of alkalinity, you can have five or 600 parts per million of TDS starting. So whatever starting is, uh, you can add 1,500 parts per million on top of that. And then you can add whatever salt uh, the manufacturer of the chlorine generator recommends, you can add that also. So um, you can have 1,500, and if the salt Chlorine generator manufacturer recommends 3,400, then you can be at at 4,900 uh, plus whatever uh, whatever incoming TDS you had to begin begin with. So you could be up around 5,000 or even you know 5,500 or near 6,000 um, if you had a salt generator. Um, in round numbers, if you're just looking for one. Drop dead number, I'd say you're looking at two thousand or maybe twenty two hundred parts per million TDS and without a salt generator is where you ought to be considering uh, draining and replacing some
3: water, not necessarily all of it, but but a good portion of it. Okay, and this one is for the bet. What's one of the main causes why your eyes get red in pool water? My buddy says it's a uh, pH but i say it's not probably from ph and that it's probably from chloramines in the water.
4: Yeah, i would say probably the main main reason is probably chloramine. Um, the the ph of your eyes is about 7.45 and if you get .3 away from that either up or down, you can get some eye irritation. So we can have eye irritation when we get down around 7.1 or 7.15 and we can get some eye irritation when we get up around 7.75 or 7.8 we can get uh, some eye irritation at those levels but for the most part if you're between 7.2 and 7.8 that's really not going to bother your eyes that much. What does bother your eyes is chloramines and monochloramine, there are three kinds of chloramines in the pool. There's monochloramine, dichloramine, and trichloramine, which is also called nitrogen trichloride. And um, the monochloramine, which is the most easiest to form in the pool, actually has a rate that you can can tell it by smell at 0.2 parts per million. So only 0.2 parts per million, and you can smell it. And at 0.2 parts per million, it's also an eye irritant. And so it takes a very small amount of chloramine to be a body and eye irritant, and and uh, for you to be even able to smell it. So um, again, we recommend. When I say we, I guess I mean PCTI and and me personally. I recommend a chlorine level that is a percentage of cyanuric acid. And if you, the the percentage is 7.5% of CYA is the amount of free chlorine you need to keep in the water. And if you use borates uh, in the water at 50 parts per million, you can lower that 5%, I'm sorry, lower that 7.5% to 5%. And if you do that, your pool will always be at what's termed breakpoint or above. And that means that as uh, ammonia is introduced from sweat and urine mostly, uh, it will be immediately destroyed or degraded by the amount of chlorine that's in the pool. And the chloramines are formed when the ratio of chlorine to ammonia is low. When the ratio of chlorine to ammonia is high, uh, the the ammonia gets destroyed instead of combining with the chlorine. So um, again, that's the reason to keep uh, the chlorine level at the recommended level of either five percent or seven point five percent. You don't get any chloramine formation unless you have a big event, and by event I mean All of a sudden you had 20 people jump in the pool or 10 kids get in or something like that. Um, Then you may wipe out the chlorine to the point where chloramines could be formed. Um, But assuming you don't have an event and just have normal bathers, you know, a couple, three people or, you know, up to six or seven people, you're still going to have plenty of chlorine in there to destroy the ammonia as it's introduced.
1: Zach, I know you have a question. Let's take a word from our sponsors. And also on our Insta chat, we got Dean from Big Family Pools that wanted to call in to ask Bob a question. So we'll do that. Let's take a word from our sponsors. When we come back, we will try to get Dean to call in and ask his question. And then Zach, we will continue with you after that.
0: The SPPA is dedicated to the niche general liability insurance needs of pool and spa professionals. As industry leaders, we'll fight for you, protect you, and be there for you. We provide extraordinary service before and after the membership and insurance is in effect. Insured members of the program get the best customer support and have peace of mind that their alliance is their voice and always fighting for their program and insurance needs. We proudly insure thousands of pool and spa professionals across the United States. With over 30 years encompassing the pool and spa industry, we know the needs of pool and spa professionals. Through the SPPA program, there are three tailored and customized general liability insurance options to pick from. For more information on our programs and insurance options, visit our site at www.thesppa.com. The sound of you continually pitching pool care poles into the trash. The sound of you using an Ultimate Pool Tools carbon fiber pool care pole for years to come. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Do you know the actual cost of the pool service you provide or the financial health of your pool business? If you don't, it can put you out of business. Cool Nation has created a business training that focuses on the financial side of your business.
1: What we've done, guys, is we've put a training class together that focuses on five metrics that we've created. The goal is you do it, and by the time that you're done with the class, you have all those numbers, you have all that data.
0: It is the only course that as you enter your data into our exclusive software, it will tell you how much money you are making or losing. It's that simple.
1: We talk about the metrics, we talk about insurance, what to look for. We talk about billing software.
0: By the time you are done with the training, you will know your exact cost to service a pool, fixed cost of cleaning, your average profit per pool, your average monthly rate repair profits and profit percentage and how much money you are actually making.
1: And we have had people that have taken the class and had some cash flow issues and they've made some
0: adjustments with their billing software and that's kind of solved that issue. During the training utilizing our software you will create your business profit and loss. Once you create your P&L we will cover the fundamentals of the P&L and how important it is to the success of your business. For more information and the next training dates visit www. Www.poolnation.online. It's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you get to keep. For more training dates, go to www.poolnation.online. Welcome back, everybody.
1: We're talking to Bob Lari. We're talking water chemistry. We have Dean calling in. Let me see if we we're able to get him on here. Dean, are you there?
5: I'm there. Are you there? How you doing? I'm doing well. John, can you hear me? I can hear you, sir. I can hear you. Well, with his old age over the hill these days, I don't know if he can hear anymore. (laughs) (laughs)
3: There we go.
5: (laughs) Bob, uh, last spring, I talked to you on the phone a couple times about borays. And between you and John and a couple other people, I got all my pools on borays. And I ended up getting my levels up to uh, about 70 to 80 parts per million. And everything was absolutely fantastic. Um, so I had about 60 pools this winter. I picked up another 20 pools. I put them all on borates. I'm noticing huge difference in the amount of acid I need to put in for the pools. I put the borates in last year and the pools I put borates in this year. So I know that as long as the borates are still at 70, it should be providing the same benefit. But for some reason, it's not, and I'm just curious if that's something you've seen
4: before. I have not. That's the you actually are the first person that has ever told me that. Uh, And we've had people on borates for three or four years. That you know they have to top it up a little bit when it's gone. But you know, once borates in the pool, it doesn't matter which kind you put in the pool. It's all the same stuff. I am not sure. You know why. It is doing that. Certainly, you know, one of the things about borates that after you start using it, you will notice the pH doesn't go up as high or as fast. But when you need to get the pH back down, it takes a little more acid than it used to. So that's normal uh, because it is a buffer. So it doesn't go up as fast and it doesn't go go as high. But if it does get up there, it takes a little more acid than when you don't have a buffer in there because you have to overcome the, gut, the buffer to get it back down.
1: We got disconnected from Dean right there. So it'd be interesting to find out. And Dean, if, if you're out there, you can type in the Insta chat or, or try to call back. But we definitely dive more into that question. There he is trying to call back. Let me see if I can get him back, back in. <laughs> hey, Dean, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, I'm sorry, so, we got disconnected. Yeah,
5: Bob, I, I appreciate that answer. And I have, I, I use your calculator for dosing. So um I do put the correct borates in there. And I know that it takes like twice as much acid to get back down there. So I am dosing properly. Uh, the okay. big difference I'm noticing is like, if I'm dosing to 7.5 on the pools that I put borates in this year, I'm coming back and they're seven, eight, seven nine on the ones i put boris in last year i'm coming back and they're often eight one and it it's not like a few pools it is like almost all of them so i i'm just trying to figure out what's going on
4: yeah it's it's kind of a uh, a mystery at this point cuz we've got people using boris for 4 5 6 years and never really have variants what you are saying so can I'm, can i I'm,
2: ask go ahead. on that So I want to make sure I'm understanding, Dean. Is it like you have the borates in the water already? Is the borate itself in the water, like the going deteriorating or the benefits of it degrading over that time? Even though it's still in the water, is the benefit degrading? Is that what the question is?
5: Well, the 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 question is, like the clarity is still on point, right? Working as an algistat, algistat is still on point. It seems to be doing. Everything that it was doing last year, except for buffering the pH as well, because my pHs are rising up, almost like I don't have the borates in there.
1: What are you using to test the, uh, the borates?
5: Uh, I, I spin every, every pool every week.
4: What, so about I mean, if you, what about if you got a different test method, get some test strips and maybe check to see if you get similar answers with both test methods? Um, it's possible that your that your your spin has given you a uh, I don't know maybe a, maybe a good reading maybe not a good reading but at least maybe you could verify it with another method. What I do notice is like, so
5: like I've added enough forty of you know eighty pools now where I understand like how much it takes. So when I add it to the new pools, my readings are coming out where I think they're going to be. Okay so i I don't think that that is it because that was something I did think of you know maybe my well, I was thinking off.
4: more of your more Dean, I was thinking more of your older pools where you know you've been testing it for for a long time there you know it's been in there for a year or more, maybe you're getting an erroneous reading from the spin touch from some reading for some yeah. reason that's
1: that's yeah. what somebody else was typing on here as well that maybe yeah. they're getting a a a wrong p h off the disk and uh so anyways, so we'd have to, you know, obviously kind of dig into that a little bit more. Dean, thank you for yeah. the call. We appreciate you calling in. We appreciate that. And we'll talk soon.
4: I see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Sorry I didn't have a ready answer for you, but that's a new one for me. John, are you, do you see any of that with your pools?
3: I can definitely say that when we first add 4 to a pool, we, it was like a honeymoon period where ph like there goes weeks sometimes where we don't have to really adjust the ph um but over time we have to we have to um adjust it a little bit more frequently but not to the point because i've talked to dean multiple times about this but not to the extremes or to the levels that dean is talking about where we've been using borates now for four years over four years going on five now and Over time, yeah, I I see that we have to use a little bit of acid, but I think there's a lot of other things that kind of play into it, you know, know? Um, but like when I talked to Dean, I told him, I go, look, what you got to do is put the numbers down on paper, start taking, you know, making graphs, writing them all down so we can kind of dig down and figure it out. And I know Dean is very analytical and he's very on point when it comes down to his uh, to his pull chemistry. And, you know, when he says something, he, he actually sees it or something's really going on but i haven't been able to really replicate that issue on my end and i've been using it for a long time so i don't know if there's some other factor mm-hmm. that might be playing i don't know you know but i do find it intriguing what he's saying right but
1: and um, i you know i'm assuming that he's keeping obviously year round you know the 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 ph down there um and he's he's one of those that yeah it's very analytical with all that kind of stuff oh yeah, so he's, he's on so we'll problem. have to
3: but at yep. the end of the day, this is what I got to say, too, is look, and it's not by any means. And even if there is something where maybe it, it not as much of a pH buffer or it does tend to be a trend over time, there are so many other benefits that it that it gives you. That's just a, I mean, if it's not buffering it quite as much as it did before, I wouldn't I wouldn't really hang my head over that far as like everything else is. Yeah, because it's um, dropping everything. Yeah, every, it's. I mean, you. Usage, he's, chemical usage, water clarity, water softness, the algistat benefits of it. You know, all of that. I've I have not seen any issues with that degrading over time. So yeah. I'm I'm starting to pay a little bit more attention to it since Dean brought it up to my attention. So I'm looking into it more, but I haven't been able to re- reproduce what he's having or or replicate the issues he's having. Yeah,
1: he says it goes up on it goes. Goes up some on cold water. I balance the LSI weekly. And then he said the same thing to you, John, that he says, he, he says, John, I agree. I'd still use it.
2: So I have a question in this one. I'm really interested in because I haven't really run into this, but I've heard about it. So I have a pool with a pink slime, kind of a pinkish center that's surrounded by a flat gelatinous mass. In doing research, it says that these bacteria can usually be tracked to some swimmers who have recently visited a coastal area where this type of growth is common. Can you explain what this is?
4: Pink slime is is a bacteria. Most people think it's a an algae of some kind, but it is a bacteria. Um, whether or not it comes from a a coastal area and whether or not it even comes from a swimmer is probably one of those questionable things. But um, we do get it in some pools, and it is a bacteria. And the great thing about bacteria is it doesn't take very much chlorine to kill it. Um, so, And the, the pink slime does tend to be just a kind of, of localized in the pool. It's not generally all over. It. Uh, it's in one or two places in the pool. We see it sometimes in the skimmers a lot. Um, and even though I don't recommend it, uh, one of the things that works great if you get it in the skimmer is just to put a trichlor tab in the skimmer, (laughs) and a few days later, the pink slime's gone. So it doesn't take very long to get rid of it that way. It is a bacteria, and just like any biomass, you know, chlorine and scrubbing are good for getting it off.
1: Now, Bob, what are the the types of algae that we have? We have that pink slime. We've got black
4: algae. Well, you have black algae, mustard or brown algae, yellow algae. They're all kind of in the same category. And then you've got green and and blue-green algae. So you've got, you know, three or four kinds of algae. And, and in one of the books I wrote, there is, um, I think I say there's more than 121,000 kinds of algae And in a pool, there's probably about 60 to 70 kinds of algae that can be in a pool. Um, So from an algae standpoint, um, there's not too many kinds of algae can be in the pool. Uh, Bacteria-wise, now we're talking about a whole other game. It's all the bacteria that can be on people's bodies and stuff that drops in from the air and whatever. So um, there can be hundreds of kinds of bacteria in the pool. Uh, but the good news is that it takes a real small amount of chlorine to kill it. We know that, that algae, most algae, is killed by 0.5 parts per million of HOCl. 0.5 parts per million HOCl kills bacteria, uh, kills algae, and bacteria is easier to kill than algae. But it takes even less. Uh, chlorine to kill bacteria. Bacteria, however, do uh, secrete a kind of a, a protective layer of themselves, as does algae. And if they get a chance to get a foothold in there, then you get a biomass and it's kind of underneath a dome. So it can be a little difficult to get rid of, but that's why we add high levels of chlorine or algaecide and brush. The brushing actually Opens up that dome to get some of the the uh, sanitizer or algicide in there to get rid of it.
1: Let me ask you this, Bob. We have all these different types of algaes. You have the copper, you have the silver. If somebody is using the copper, will that treat all those types of algaes or do they have to well, kind of look at it yeah, and go?
4: Actually, uh, copper will kill uh, all kinds of algae. You know, it is a it is an EPA-approved algaecide, so it will kill algae. The question is, how long is it going to take? And nobody has an answer to that because we don't have a we don't have a way to determine how much algae you have. So there's no way to to figure that out. So all we can do is put an amount of algaecide in the pool and then hope within a week or so it kills it. If you get algae, my my first my first go-to is a high level of, uh, of chlorine and maintain it for long enough to kill the algae. And that works practically every time that we've ever tried it, even on swamps. And the, the amount of chlorine you need is either 25 parts per million or 40% of cyanuric acid. And you get that level up there and you maintain it for 24 hours. Uh, The problem is that in the beginning, the algae is going to consume the chlorine and you're going to need to replace it. So you can put, say, 40 parts per million of chlorine in the pool and two hours later, you got 30. You need to put it back up to 40. So you need to keep maintaining that 40 for at least 24 hours and possibly 48. But if you don't get a chlorine change. Uh, after about a six or eight hour period then all the algae's dead and you can go back to to normal chlorine levels and that that process has worked practically every time we've tried it even on swamps
3: i gotta agree with that 100 percent. when i first started and we did a lot of green to clean you know cleanups and We tried it all, right? All the tricks add this to your pool. And, you know, if it's green, then next day it'll be blue or whatever. At the end of the day, we fall into one thing and it's just simple chlorine. Doesn't matter what's in the pool or how green that pool is. And we have a little saying that we say is when in doubt, pour it out. And Bob's message is key. It's maintaining that level of of free chlorine in the pool. It's going to take a few trips just to make sure that the the chlorine level is up there. But I have yet to come across a pool. And we have cleaned many pools and m- done many green to cleans where a couple cases of, ass, uh, of chlorine doesn't do the trick. So Yeah, you can't.
4: Yeah. I've got guys, I tell them that, and they think, well, I can't go back there three or four times in a day. So instead of putting in 40 parts per minute, I'm going to put in 50, yeah. and, then, and then I'll come back. And that doesn't do it. you got to maintain it. And you either have to get the homeowner or somebody else or somebody to go out and measure it in the beginning every couple of hours. Eventually, you can spread that out to four hours or six hours or maybe even eight. But in the beginning, uh, you know, it's almost hourly or every two hours. You got to check it and top it back up and get back up
3: to that level that it was. So next question that came in, they said, I have heard... Talk about total alkalinity and carbonate alkalinity. Can you explain the difference? Also, should I worry about carbonate alkalinity when testing my pools out in the field?
4: All right. The difference between carbonate alkalinity and total alkalinity is this. If you take one-third of cyanuric acid and subtract it from total alkalinity, then you will have carbonate alkalinity. If you are using borates, there is an adjustment for borate also. It's fairly small at a pH of 7.5. The adjustment is about six or seven parts per million. However, if you get up to around eight, you're talking about a an adjustment of maybe 25 or 30 parts per million. So it gets pretty high when you get up there. Cyanaric acid is, rule of thumb, about one-third. So Carbonate alkalinity is total alkalinity minus cyanurate, one-third of cyanurate, and the adjustment for borate. And that's how you get to carbonate alkalinity. Carbonate alkalinity is what's used when you calculate the saturation index. So when you're trying to balance your pool and get a a 0.0 saturation index, you need to be using carbonate alkalinity. And most of the, the tables and, and equations that you see out there uh, have that adjustment in it. If you use a, an app such as the NPCLSI app, um, you put in the raw numbers and the calculations are already in there to get to cal- carbonate alkalinity and make the adjustment properly for Uh, saturation index. So it's already in there. As far as whether you should worry about it or not, um, it gets worrisome when um, you get a high cyanuric acid level and that one-third starts to become a big number. And what I mean is, if you're running a pool at, at, say, 80 parts per million of total alkalinity, and you got 150 parts per million of cyanuric acid. If you take a third of cyanuric acid, which is 50 parts per million, and subtract it from 80, now your carbonate alkalinity is only 30. And a carbonate alkalinity of 30 is not a good idea in a pool. Even if you balance it for some reason, it's still not a good idea in a pool. That's how you calculate it. That's what it is. it's good to see people asking about carbonate alkalinity because 10 years ago, when I started talking about, well, actually 20 years ago, when I started talking about carbonate alkalinity, nobody knew what I was talking about except another chemist. So um, it's, it's, it does my heart good to hear people start talking about carbonate alkalinity. And I have guys saying, well, What's the minimum carbonate alkalinity I should have in my pool? And I don't know that there is such a number, but I would say that probably the number's in the vicinity of, of 60. If you get below 60 carbonate alkalinity, you're probably going to have corrosive water. and are going to have problems. And wh- however you get to that number, uh, I probably wouldn't get uh, below 60.
3: And I want to add, Bob was talking about the effect that borates has on alkalinity and how it's pH dependent. If you guys go to Taylor's website, since Taylor came out with new borate strips <clears throat> that they have, they have an article and they explain the effect that borates has on total alkalinity and how to come up with that exact number based off of what the pH reading is and what effect. Um, the boreH will have on your alkalinity number. So if anybody wants uh, to get that information or know the formula, go to Taylor's website.
4: We talk about that in our book, the Pool Chemistry for Residential Pools. It's in the chapter on LSI, uh, how the adjustment is. The table's in there. There are tables for adjusting it. They use a, an equation for theirs. And what I did was I made a little table that said if you're using 50 parts per million of borate, which most people do, here are the, the actual adjustments. So you don't have to use a percentage and figure out what the pH and so on is. At, at 7.5, it's about 6 or 7, and it escalates up to when you get up to 8.2 or 8.4, there's actually an adjustment of about 48 parts per million mm-hmm. uh, if you get the pH up that high. Um, there are tables and adjustments out there that you can get.
1: We need to do a deep dive into the boards the next time that we have you on, Bob. We should just kind of have that as, as one topic. Guys, let's take a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, Zach, John, I want to get your final thoughts.
0: The Pole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals featuring precision crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. tools. Did you know that one of the main reasons why small businesses fail is because owners are less in tune with how much revenue is generated by sales of product or services and the cost to provide this product or service? This leads to money shortfalls that can quickly put a small business out of operation. Do you know the actual cost of the pool service you provide or the financial health of your pool business? If you don't, it can put you out of business. Pool Nation has created a business training that Focuses on the financial side of your business. It is the only course that, as you enter your data into our exclusive software, it will tell you how much money you are making or losing. It's that simple. By the time you are done with the training, you will know your exact cost to service a pool, fixed cost of cleaning, your average profit per pool, your average monthly rate, repair profits and profit percentage, and how much money you are actually making. During the training utilizing our software, you will create your business profit and loss. Once you create your P&L, we will cover the fundamentals of the P&L and how important it is to the success of your business. For more information and the next training dates, visit www.poolnation.online. It's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you get to keep. For more training dates, go to www.poolnation.online
1: welcome back everybody we're talking to bob lowry today we're talking water chemistry zach john i really enjoy these these podcasts with bob and it feels like i'm I'm done listening to the podcast and i almost want to just go back and do pools to just kind of put some of the stuff into play
3: oh yeah so john final thoughts let's jump with you no, I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking throughout the whole podcast and, and especially towards the end, I'm I'm just kind of going and I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, how things have changed. And, you know, I haven't been in the pool industry a really, really long time, but I've been in it long enough and I understand pool. And I know how it was just four or five years ago, just the dialogue and the talk, how it's just stepped it up so many levels just recently, especially within the last couple of years. As far as chemistry talk and really digging down and understanding pools and why things are happening, you know, and and how they're happening, where before people couldn't even care less. You would talk to them about these things and borates and pH buffering and you you know carbonate alkalinity and where all these things and to them it was just like whatever and is like as if you're crazy. At least that's how it was my perspective wise when we used to talk shop and talk about these things before, but. The level of engagement has increased like a hundredfold, and it's exciting to me because it just makes me feel like you know our industry is growing and becoming that much more professional, right? And where people are starting to really take their job seriously and understand that in to do a really good job at this or to do a great job at at um, servicing pools and maintaining water chemistry takes a certain amount of knowledge and dedication. And understanding. So I appreciate, like, you know, just having these episodes with Bob and him doing the lives and these podcasts and just getting this information out and talking it and reinforcing these things is just, it's just a wonderful thing for us and as an industry. Cause I could just see it. We're really growing. So again, Bob, thank you so much for, for jumping on and, and doing these podcasts with us. Uh, I love learning something new every time.
2: Zach, final thoughts. Well, it's, it's interesting you know hearing those points because it feels like when you're thinking like me as an individual it's like the industry I feel like I know a lot of the industry but I have to step back and understand that the industry is so much bigger than just me so my little segment of the people i know and the people i i deal with is very small so sometimes I start wondering, because I'm always going around, I'm having these conversations about how the industry is in a transitional phase right now. I can feel it. I can see it. People are becoming more aware. They want to be more professional. They want to be more customer service oriented. It's like our industry is finally waking up. But then I sometimes stop and I think, well, maybe this is just just my segment of the industry, just the people I'm associated with. So it's so nice to hear you know, from John, from Bob um from other people that in their segment of the industry and the people that they're dealing with they're seeing this kind of awakening as well. And and I really truly feel like our industry is changing. We're in the middle of a change and I love it. Pros are becoming more um open to new technologies and new equipment because like you were saying John, you know, when I started in the industry about 10 years ago, shop talk was like very short. And you didn't want to start <laughs> shop talk because you were going to be blasted or you're going to be told you're an idiot um, or some harsher words than that. Um, and it was always, why would you sell your customer this? It's just more shit to go wrong. It's just more stuff to break down. So I think it's super exciting. It continues to motivate me. I love all the engagement we get, all the feedback um, about like-minded individuals. So I'm super happy uh, to see this and Bob thank you for taking the time to continue to educate us and answer these questions and I really love these Q&As because I always continue to learn more and it's just a trip to me because a question is asked 10 times 10 different ways and 10 answers are given and every single time I learn something more and it's just one more piece to that puzzle to make this complete picture um, on that on that question um so Bob, thank you. I know we have a long growing list of questions from pros out there. And I'm excited to continue to ask these questions and hear these answers. Because again, we can never learn learn enough. and, And every time I just continue to learn more.
1: I agree, Zach, because I think one of the great things, especially with all these podcasts, it's with Bob, is you have a question, but then you're having the pool guys out there ask in their specific scenario, right? Because you can kind of ask a question in general and kind of falls into that general. But then you have the pool guys and the pool girls ask the specific question for their pool and it's a lot more dialed in. It's a lot more detailed and you can kind of always associate that with something that you've dealt with out in the field and stuff like that. Or Bob does elaborate a lot more and it kind of just goes into that depth. And it's just every time I'm done with these podcasts with Bob, I'm like super excited about water chemistry and and all that. And I am super excited about, you know, the industry. And like you were saying, Zach, it's a huge industry. And I think that we kind of have a reach like you have a reach to the people on the side that you're in and stuff like that. But our industry is just so much bigger. But all we could do is just kind of get out there, give the information and give it, give it, give it. And, and hopefully that transition continues to happen. And what I am seeing is a lot of that younger generation coming in a lot more eager than just wanting to be a pool guy, but looking at it more from the business standpoint and saying, hey, we're business people. It just happens that we do pools. So I'm super excited about that as well. Guys, we're out of time. As usual, Zach, John. I want to thank you for your time. Question, Zach. Instead of doing the outro, should I play? Should I play uh, John's birthday song as our outro for today?
2: No, please. <laughs> I,
1: I don't think Zach,
2: him That again. The,
1: the, the, Don't put that. What, what do you say, uh, Bob? Should, should we just kind of let him out with a birthday song for for John? I think you should go for it. I think so, too. So I just (laughs) needed somebody to back me. There's Bob. I just (laughs) go for it, (laughs) everybody. Zach, I know that you're probably trying to be a little bit more politically correct, but I'm going with Bob on this one. Zach, John, Bob, thank you for your time. Everybody listening. Here's John's birthday song. We will catch you next week. Have a great one, guys. Bye. See you next time. Take care.
0: This birthday song goes out to our John, the sexiest one on the Pool Nation
4: crew. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Dear John, happy birthday to you.
2: Hey John, birthday wishes aside. My pool heater is not working, and we are having a party tomorrow. So, can you come out and take care of it today?
0: We would appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at PoolNation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for, PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry, a pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com.
1: Pool Nation, all rights reserved. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in a verbal or nonverbal way. May not be distributed. It may not be distributed in any social media platforms or transmitted in any other forms or any other means, including recording or other electronic or mechanical methods without the prior written permission of Pool Nation.